Hi, I'm Chris Nessie from the House of EdTech podcast, a part of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to right now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other interesting education podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Reimagined Schools podcast, a proud member of the Education Podcast Network. I'm your host, Greg Goins, and my special guest today is Adam DeVico, an accomplished teacher, principal, author, and keynote speaker. Adam previously taught at the famed Ron Clark Academy in Atlanta, Georgia. He was also a highly successful principal in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, at the Moore Magnet Elementary School. In addition, he's also the co-founder of Rock Math, a celebration of innovative and engaging ways to teach mathematics. Adam is the author of The Limitless School, Creative Ways to Solve the Culture Puzzle. He also has a new book coming out with Todd Nesloni in 2020. The name of that book is When Kids Lead. So you want to be looking for that wherever books are sold. This was a great conversation with a lot of great ideas from Adam DeVico, so I hope you can kick back and relax and enjoy this episode of the Reimagined Schools podcast. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Reimagined Schools podcast. Very excited to have a special guest in the house today. He's an accomplished teacher, principal, author, and speaker. A big welcome to Adam DeVico. How are you, Adam? I'm great. How are you doing? I'm wonderful. You're in North Carolina, right? I am, and uh, just happens to be beautiful and sunny in North Carolina today. We'll take this kind of November weather around 60-something degrees. I'll take it. I think we have about 60 degrees here in central Kentucky, but we're expecting snow tomorrow, believe it or not. Oh, no. <laughs> so, I'll, I'll let you handle that one. So. Yeah, we, we could be on snow watch tonight for, for yeah. the school day tomorrow. So Keep your snow. Keep your yeah. snow. <laughs> I've been a big fan uh, of yours for a long time. You're doing some amazing things and just kind of want to jump in and talk about a lot of those things uh, in your background, starting out as a fifth-grade teacher, uh, working at the famed Ron Clark Academy there in Georgia, uh, becoming an elementary school principal, and then being a clinical professor at your alma mater at Wake Forest University. So that's a pretty impressive resume. So um, what have you learned from all those experiences as an educator? You know, I, I think with all these unique experience, experiences that I've been able to uh, kind of take on, the, the biggest takeaway is, is that, you know, education looks many different ways in many different places, but at the end of the day, there's really just, you know, a, a few central things that are just so important in every single school. You know, it's for the students, and no matter where I've been and, you know, whether I've traveled across the country or in my very own school, uh, places that care about the kids – places that really have a vision and a mission that is student-centered and student-focused tend to do the best. And so, you know, in all these different opportunities, no matter what I've done, uh, keeping students first, keeping kids in mind is what's been, uh, I would say, what I've learned most and uh, carried with me from place to place. And, you know, we were talking a little bit off air before we started, but we have some friends in common, obviously Todd Desloney, uh, who's who's a big supporter of the podcast and been on a few times. Uh, Sean Galliard actually took your position as a yep. principal there in Winston-Salem, 
Um, and then also Kim Bearden. I've had her on the podcast. She's in the National Teachers Hall of Fame. You worked at the Ron Clark Academy. How does one get a job teaching at the Ron Clark Academy? Do do they call you, or do you actually go through an interview process? Or that has to be a dream job for a teacher. Yeah, it's it is quite the dream job for sure. And um, no, they don't they don't reach out reach out to you. You apply, and it just so happened that. Uh, when I applied, I had actually gone down to visit. I had never been down there before, and the school I was working at at the time sent a, a group of people, and uh, I was lucky enough to go. And when I went there, I just kind of, you know, I, sometimes it just feels right, and you could see yourself in a certain place. And I saw myself fitting into what they were doing, and I know a lot of people feel that way when they go there. And so I took a chance, and they just happened to be uh, looking for a teacher for that next year, and I put my resume in, put a video in, did a lesson, an interview, and uh, lo and behold, it worked out. And uh, coming up now, I think on my 10-year anniversary, I guess it's been you know, time flies. And I'm not, you know, I don't work there anymore, but I'm still very fortunate and blessed that I get to go down still and help out on occasion. And the RCA family is is true to that. It's uh, kind of once you're part of the family, you're part of the family. So it it was a really great opportunity. It uh, opened up a lot of doors, and I'm forever grateful to uh, Kim and Ron uh, for those opportunities. And one of the cool things about that opportunity was you had the chance to also travel the country doing presentations and on-site workshops at schools around the country. So what was that experience like as you really kind of took the Ron Clark Academy philosophy on the road talking about creating better schools for kids? Yeah, so what we noticed was there are a lot of schools here every year, thousands of people come to the school, and the, the big question every, every school faces after that is, well, what's next? And, you know, there's plenty of things that you can take away from the academy and try to bring into your own school. But unfortunately, a lot of people, they struggle with the how. You know, how do you implement it? You know, we know we want X, Y, and Z, but how do you bring this in? And so Ron and Kim trusted me enough to uh, kind of take the, the brand in their hand, in my hands and travel around the country and help schools around the country uh, implement different strategies. And, you know, every school looked different. And so there was no cookie-cutter model of what I was doing. Uh, but, you know, I would work with the principals and the teachers and the students on what it could look like bringing in some of these new strategies into your building. So that really grew me as an educator because it pushed it pushed my limits and uh, that it's uncomfortable going into a school that's not yours. You're the stranger. And, and you know, you're usually welcomed pretty nicely because they brought you out there. But nonetheless, you're, you're a stranger. You're having to fit into their culture. And so I learned very quickly how to kind of be a chameleon and change what I was doing based on what the needs were. And so I think it really grew me as an educator and made me more versatile, uh, speak more languages, uh, and just become stronger as a pedagogical kind of person. And I think a lot of people have this misconception that the Ron Clark Academy is just this Disneyland school where only things can happen in that environment. But when you were a principal, I know you were able to incorporate a lot of those great ideas into your elementary school. So what were some of the, the two or three big principles that you were able to take from your experience there into your own school as a school leader? Yeah, so, yes, there are, you know, uh, there are some magical things that happened at the Ron Clark Academy, and uh, the, the ability to bring stuff into your own school, and I was a principal of a Title I public elementary school, 600 students, which is very different than a the Ron Clark Academy, which is private, about 125 students or so. So it looks very different, and it's a middle school. 
So the ability to shift and bring that stuff in is really a mindset. It's about looking at, well, what can you do? And so that was my, you know, that was my effort when I became a principal. And just a couple of things that we were able to bring in. Uh, the big one, of course, was the house system, which uh, many schools across the country have implemented. I actually was able to help a lot of schools bring that into their school. So it was kind of a, an honor to be able to do that within my own school this time. Uh, that was probably one of the biggest and most exciting pieces of the school. Uh, a couple of other things, I had teachers that were doing room transformations, uh, which was really exciting. I think it was for some teachers, something that they had wanted to do for a long time, but just needed that kind of that, that push and that, that, that yes to say go for it. And then another thing I think was really just uh, the social skills. I really, really value the ability to have face-to-face -face -to -face interactions with, uh, with kids and their ability, students' ability, to be just uh, have that skill set to, uh, to shake a hand, to have a conversation. And so, uh, you know, I, I did a lot of that stuff as a classroom teacher, but then going working at the Ron Clark Academy, I saw it kind of on that next level. And then I brought together those two worlds and brought it to my own school. And we created a few cool uh, systems that I kind of made work for my school. And uh, it was very exciting to see the kids uh, take on those leadership roles. You know, one of my research interests is uh, professional development models, mm -hmm. and uh, you have a lot of experience there. And we referenced Todd Nesloni to start the show, mm -hmm. and uh, our viewers know that Todd is the co-author of the great book, Kids Deserve It, uh, mm -hmm. former principal at Webb Elementary in Texas, now working uh, at the uh, Texas Elementary School Association, leading their professional learning. You guys have done something really cool. I guess it began with Get Your Teach On, and now it's Get Your Lead On. Yeah. So how are... How are people, and, and when I say people, I'm talking specifically about people like you and Todd, really changing the way we think about professional learning models? Sure. So I, I think we've all, anyone who's been in education has sat through professional development where you're literally sitting, <laughs> and uh, it's a lot of sit and get, and perhaps people who haven't been in the classroom for or in the school system for decade plus sometimes, so there's that disconnect uh, between presenter and audience sometimes. So, so Todd and I really wanted to close that gap. And you referenced Get Your uh, Teach On, which is a conference that I that I work uh, and present at. And it's the effort of Get Your Teach On is really to bring professional development, uh, the idea of conferences, to uh, to another level, uh, make it more interactive, more exciting, uh, engaging. And so Todd and I, a couple of years back, were able to kind of fit our own piece in, both being school administrators and school leaders, uh, to have a, a section of that for school administrators, uh, school and district administrators, assistant principals, curriculum coaches, principals, uh, district level coaches, kind of people like that. We even have some superintendents that have come. And so the idea between that for Todd and myself was really to uh, just have a, not a, not a, this is what you have to do. Cause frankly, there are people there that are far more experienced than Todd and I combined. So it's not about us giving information on what to do. It's about that ability to share knowledge and collaborate. And that's the, that's the atmosphere. If you come to a get your lead on, the atmosphere is collaboration. Uh, none of us in the room know any more than the other, but we all have had experiences. And so when we share those experiences, uh, we learn from each other, we make each other better. You know, obviously I've not had the chance to attend those events, but I have been able to see from the outside looking in at your Twitter feed and videos that you put out. It's almost a party-type atmosphere, which is a complete shift from, like you said, the, oh, my gosh, we have to go sit through another PD day. You know, Todd is getting ready to uh, do another one of his Tell Your Story 
uh, weekend events. And Friday night's the pre-party, and then Saturday's the main event. And it just, whenever you see the, uh, uh, you know, promotion for those type of events, it just looks like a really fun thing you want to be a part of. Yeah, I mean, we definitely want to set it up where people want to be a part of it. And there is, without a doubt, a celebration factor that goes into it. Uh, we, you know, there, there's no reason that teachers should not feel that excitement about going somewhere. You know, if you're going to a rock concert, yeah, you want to feel like you're a part of the experience and uh, that excitement. So we want to create that same thing there. But uh, I'll be, you know, let me, let me be very clear. There is a lot of rigor and a lot of thinking that goes on. And so, you know, naturally, those are not the things that we put up as pictures usually. Uh, but the the thinking and the discussions and the collaboration that goes on during these events, get your teach on, get your lead on is deep and, and very, very, um, you know, critical thinking and, and making each other really think about what we're doing, our practices. So, you know, those usually don't make the picture real, but I, I definitely guarantee that in addition to the celebration and, you know, that kind of party feel, you know, there's a lot of great thinking going on and sharing. So it's, I, I think, a, a great bringing two worlds together with that um, engagement, the excitement, but also the thinking and, and the collaboration. And I must say also that the uh, the suits that you and Todd both wear whenever you're out presenting, uh, I don't know if there's a fashion competition for edgy Twitter people, but you guys have to be at the top of the game because you have a pretty strong suit game there. Well, I appreciate it. Thank you. I, I've uh, I don't want to say I've worked hard at it, but it's it's come nat- it's come over the years, and I think my wife has gotten thoroughly concerned that my suit my my suit space in our closet has. Uh, taking up more space than I think she wants at some point. So I don't know, just one of those things that started as a, as a fun thing and grew and then kind of became almost an expectation. So I'm just, I'm just having fun with it. Well, I, I love the shift. It really, it's just a, a shift in thinking about what professional learning should look like. And it should be fun, and it should be a celebration of bringing a lot of great minds together at the yeah. same place at the same time and share ideas. So kudos to you and Todd for everyone that's been working through uh, all those different innovative opportunities. Appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, we've, we've had a blast, and we're looking forward to uh, announcing our spring schedule soon, and hopefully that will be out within the next couple of weeks. Well, very good. And you can follow Adam on Twitter. He's at Adam DeVico. He's also yep. on the web at adamdevico.com. He has some great resources there that you can check out uh, to really help build your school culture. And that's kind of a great segue into uh, the current book that you have out that came out in 2018, the Limitless School, Creating Ways to Solve the Cultural Puzzle, uh, the Culture Puzzle, excuse me. Uh, and the thing I really like about this book is the cover. Uh, I, love, I love the Rubik's Cube. I was never able to master but one side of the Rubik's Cube. But the analogy that uh, it's really a school culture puzzle uh, really resonated with me. Thanks. And, and full disclosure, nor uh, Abe nor I know how to actually solve the Rubik's Cube. We, we often get that question, no, neither of us know how, how to solve one. But we, uh, we used that, that cube analogy. We actually knew about the cube analogy before we ever even wrote the book. We, we wanted to start with that piece because we really thought of that culture puzzle uh, as something that everyone's always trying to solve, not realizing that there's really never a, a, a final solution. Because after you kind of get it into a working piece, there's another little twist. Someone comes up and twists it again on you. And so there, there's ever-evolving, ever-rotating pieces that have to be worked on. And, and so it's, uh, it's interesting, as both Abe and I have been principals now, uh, using our book 
almost as a blueprint for our own schools. And uh, my, my teachers would always ask me, you know, what are we doing next? I said, read the book. <laughs> it's, it's your insight there to what we do. And I know Abe has done um, very similar to that. You know, I'm, I'm fascinated with the school culture conversation. I've had so many wonderful guests on the podcast, mm-hmm. and it always seems to come back to that one topic. And if, yeah. you really, if you really strip it down and you look at it with laser focus, it's not about the kids. It's about getting the adults in the building to all think in a positive way and to create mm-hmm. that environment that people just want to come back to day in and day out. Yeah, I'm going to steal a quote from uh, my former district. This, uh, the, the quote that we always got at every principal meeting, it always managed to find its way into the, into the meeting, was adult behaviors uh, dictate student outcomes and so, or lead to student outcomes. And, and I know it's a simple quote, but it, it, it's really true. It's the adult behaviors uh, that, that matter. And we're always trying to find programs and systems and uh, ways to change children' behavior, you know, student behavior, but not realizing that it's the adult behavior that has to change first. And uh, so, you know, Abe and I have many discussions, and I've talked to a lot of people about this. That the the school culture we 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 feel um, has to come first uh, before you change the rigor, before you change instructional practices. People want people have to feel good about going to school, uh, going to work, and so that culture piece truly does matter. But, you know, we talk a lot about uh, a school culture, but it's not necessarily a, a place you can go sign up. Let's go sign up to the, to the school culture room because that's where we're going to start. It may not be something that uh, I think you even say in your book, it's, inv- it's invisible, yet it's omnipresent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're, I, I love what you just said there. there there's no sign-up chart for it. It's not a, uh, it's not a today we're going to do this kind of thing. It's everywhere. It's always uh, – it's just something that exists, and just because it exists doesn't mean it's a good existence uh, because we've seen so many schools have negative cultures and how that can impact uh, how students feel, how parents feel, how teachers feel. Uh, but the flip side is also true as well, where you know, a positive, strong culture is going to lead to so many positive results. And I know for me, at least, that's always what I, what I aimed for. Did I always get there? No. Uh, but I, I truly believe that that was something that we worked really hard on as a school, especially in those early months of me coming in, was just shifting the culture to something that uh, we were all kind of working towards that same goal for. The, the name of the book, again, is The Limitless School, Creating Ways to Solve the Culture Puzzle. And you certainly want to check that out. You can find that wherever books are sold. So now let's kind of jump into the new book that you have coming out, which I know you're really excited about. Uh, with Todd Nesloni again. The name of the book is When Kids Lead, and yes. uh, this this is right in your wheelhouse, isn't it? <laughs> this was uh, – I don't want to say this is the easiest book to write, but it was a pretty easy book for, to write for us uh, because Todd and I both strongly, truly believe in this concept, and we both had so many stories and examples and just things that we wanted to share based on this topic. So I think for both of us it was – it was a relatively quick and easy book for us to write just because we had so much content we wanted to put in there. So, so kind of walk me through those initial conversations about writing the book. Uh, I mean, obviously, uh, you know, I'm sure you pulled on Kids Deserve It and Stories from Web and your own experience as, as a classroom teacher and a principal. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, you have so many things to choose from. How did you really kind of narrow down the message that you wanted to send to the reader? Uh, the biggest thing was definitely giving practical uh, takeaways, um, 
we wanted things, so whoever was reading it, and the other part was we wanted to make sure that this was not just a teacher book. We know a lot of education books are geared teacher, 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 and that's certainly our audience. But when Kids Lead is for any adults, parents, coaches, mentors, uh, religious leaders, I mean, whoever works with kids, because, uh, you know, a kid being a leader extends beyond the realm of just your six hours in school. And so we really, truly wanted to write this from this broad perspective of if you work with kids, here are things that you can do. Here are things that you can take away and implement. And so those early conversations between Todd and myself were truly what were some, what are things that uh, we, A, truly believe in, and B, that people can take and replicate or be inspired by and do in their own way with the students, the kids that they work with. Well, I, I know we're all excited to see the book when it comes out. It'll be out in the spring of 2020. The name of the book is When Kids Lead. So you want to be following uh, Adam on his social media, and, and I'm sure you'll let folks know when it's available. You know, the other thing that, that you have on your website that I found fascinating was uh, you wrote a great article with the special acronym. And, you know, they always say you never get a second chance to make a first impression, but you've really laid out a great roadmap on how to do that. Can you just kind of walk us through that a little bit? Sure. So uh, special is an acronym, and I, I guess it, it started uh, years and years ago years ago when I was a fifth grade teacher, the, the acronym came later on, but the idea started probably about 12, 13 years ago when I was a fifth grade teacher, and I was I was insistent on my kids giving some type of greeting when they came in the room. I hated it when kids just walked by you like you didn't exist. I'm like, this is nuts. Like, I'm right here. Uh, say something or do something. Acknowledge me. And so I made it a, a, just an expectation from day one. When you come in the door in that morning, uh, either you're going to shake my hand, a simple hi is fine, uh, good morning. You know, it didn't have it didn't have to look the same for every kid, but just acknowledge me. So that that idea started years and years ago. And then, uh, as I mentioned before, working at the Ron Clark Academy, that interest kind of got even more um, uh, exemplified because of the the ins and outs of the Ron Clark Academy and putting such a special emphasis, no pun intended, on uh, on greetings with people. And so. Uh, what I found out was there were people who, after visiting the Ron Clark Academy, they uh, they wanted to bring this idea of social skills, soft skills as well, back to their schools, but didn't necessarily know how. And so I found this as an opportunity, particularly as I started traveling around the country and having schools ask me to help train their kids in this skill. Uh, I found myself needing something more tangible and kind of like a starting point, like a foundation. And that's when I came up with this acronym called SPECIAL. And, um, you know, individually, it's very what people would call common sense things. Shake hands, good posture, eye contact, charm. But we, we, I wanted to create something that was, you know, uh, something easy to follow, easy to remember. And it laid a foundation for people on how to teach this. And so I, the analogy I always give is special is kind of like when you're building a house, you don't start at the roof. You start at the foundation. Well, special is kind of like the foundation. Then after that, you build layers on top of that foundation. And so after you teach that foundation of special, then, you know, you can go deeper and wider and give scenarios. And there's so much more to, to go on to that. But at the end of the day, I created special as just that, that beginning point, that starting point for adults to teach uh, students on how to have those uh, foundational social skills. And it's really good. You want to check it out, folks, on the website, adamdevico.com. 
And uh, you can, now there's even a poster that you can get and hang up in your classroom as a reminder for your kids. So, so well done. I'm also a, a big acronym guy, so I, 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 uh, I enjoy doing that. And uh, you put another one together that I think is fantastic with rock math. And, yeah. um, you know, as, as someone who has experience teaching math, math is just one of those really tough subject areas to get kids excited about. And, uh, I, you know, I, I've seen some innovative videos from Ron Clark Academy, and I think this rock math is a, is a really good way to kind of change the way kids think about math. Yeah, thanks. Uh, I, I also love acronyms. I, I get made fun of a lot by my friends because I come up with an acronym for everything. But they're easy to remember. That's hence the point of an acronym. <laughs> but uh, Rock Math uh, is kind of a, a shared uh, venture with my good friend, Dr. Camille Jones, uh, who works at the Ron Clark Academy. And she and I, uh, for many, many, many years, have just shared this love of teaching math in innovative ways. And so ROCK, like you said, is, a, is an acronym for real-world applications, online materials, uh, cross-collaborations, and kinesthetic learning. And so it's, a, it's getting the skills and the ideas of math off of just a worksheet. And that was really our goal. Let's just think about math beyond a, a simple equation and how you can bring it to life and make it more exciting and just engaging particularly for those uh, students and adults, because we hear this from adults even more than students, of I hate math or I can't do math. And so uh, she and I got tired of hearing that and, and tried to come up with a solution because you could either complain about it or do something about it. So we wanted to try to do something about it. Well, you're doing some great things, and, and you, I know you have your hand in a lot of different areas, where, whether it be professional learning conferences uh, or just working with school districts. What is the ultimate goal or what is the mission or what gets you up every day to help you, uh, you know, create better schools? Uh, great question. And uh, I know this may sound odd, but I have, a, I, have a, I have two sons. I have an eight-year-old and a four-year-old. And I see my eight-year-old struggle, not in a, not in a bad way. Um, you know, he's, he's fine at school. He, he plays school fine. But – He's, uh, you know, he struggles through things sometimes, and um, I seeing him go through that, and as dad now who has to help with homework as well, I, I'm constantly thinking of how can I make his life better? How can I make his educational experience better? And so framing my, my actions, my desires, my passions for education around what he can experience, and not, and not that I can impact his day-to-day -day life necessarily because I'm not his teacher – but just that kind of motivation, it does keep me going. Because I know for every one of my sons, there, you know, for, for my son, there's a million of them out there. And so knowing that, you know, my, my desire to help my son through being able to help other teachers and kids, you know, indirectly, I guess, helps my kid in a way. And so that's kind of what keeps me going each day, knowing that my two kids, um, hopefully at some point, will be the recipients of one of my efforts is kind of cool. And I love that answer because we talk a lot about the game of school and how we have to completely shift. In my mind, after doing so many podcasts and talking to so many wonderful people, I've really reached the conclusion that change has to come from the teacher and how we provide classroom instruction. And it really kind of goes to your new book, When Kids Lead. We, we have to let kids lead lessons in the classroom rather than this old, traditional, teacher-directed approach where it's memorize and and just try to regurgitate what we what we've learned on the test. So I, I love that game of school reference, but man, I, I really hope we're gonna gonna see some progress soon in making that shift. 
I hope so too. And, uh, you know, like we talked about before, if we can change the mindsets of the adults, I think the ultimately the kids will be the benefactors of that. So the new book's coming out. Do we have a release date yet? Not an official one. Uh, we're hoping maybe May-ish, April, May-ish. Uh, we're, we're uh, just talking about that this past week, but we don't have an official one. We did turn in the manuscript, which was, uh, that's like the, the weight of the world off your shoulders now. It's like, whew, all right, took that step. So the rest is just kind of smooth sailing from here. And this will be another wonderful book in the Dave Burgess uh, consulting series. So Dave has been uh, just such an incredible resource for uh, the voice of educators like yourself for, for quite some time now. And I know it's been a, a good experience working with Dave now. And this is your second or third project. Yeah, I can't say enough great things about Dave, even his wife, Shelly, uh, just their their willingness to give back to education and, and ultimately give educators a voice. Uh, I'm, I'm frequently in Twitter threads and chats uh, where there's where there's an argument going on or, you know, just different points of view with uh, all, you know, that people use all these people now are having books. And I argue, great, that's awesome. Uh, the, the writing should not be exclusive to a small group of elite people, um, which is how it has been for decades now, you know, eons. You know, the people who had that in or that connection to the publisher was able to get the book deal. And um, you have tons of stories from ex- from established authors who got turned down dozens and dozens of times by, by uh, publishers. They just weren't in the circle. Uh, so I, I really appreciate Dave and Shelley for giving that voice to so many educators. And I think that's great because at the end of the day, if you write a book, there's no one that's making you buy it. Uh, and my theory, and I know Todd and I have talked about this frequently, if we never sold a single copy, the fact that we were able to get our thoughts down on paper and someone believed enough to print it out for us, that's awesome. And so it's a great blessing. And again, I much appreciate Dave and Shelley and, uh, that that business that they've created to giving educators a voice, uh, many different educators a voice in the you know with a hand in the pot. And, and you know when I was watching the promo video, when I was watching the promo video of you and Todd with the get get your lead on conference, I thought what a wonderful name of a book that would be. Get your lead on. Go ahead. Yeah, we we've joked around about that. Said uh, we just got we just got one kids lead now. We need get your lead on too. So. Got all these projects underway or uh, in the in the making. So hopefully we'll be able to take that whole idea of get your lead on and kind of bring it to that next step one day. Well, thanks, Adam, for your time. Again, I'm a big fan. You're doing some incredible stuff. And, and folks, be sure to follow Adam uh, on the web and on Twitter at Adam DeVico. Uh, again, some great resources there. And be looking for that book coming out in spring of 2020, When Kids Lead. And uh, with that, it's another wrap here on the Reimagined Schools podcast. And remember, folks, always do what you can in your school and community to create better schools for kids.